Thanks, guys. It's so good to see you. And you guys, too. Uh, buenos dias. Bienvenido a LCC. We are a multilingual church. Yeah. Um, if you are interested, we have translation equipment out at the welcome desk where we have, I think, who's back there today? Kevin? Kevin, Kevin uh, live translating into Spanish. But we are so glad to have you with us today. My name is Lee. I'm the Connections. Nope, that's Monica. <laughs> <laughs> Starts with the same letter, Communications Director. Um, really great at communicating here. <laughs> wow. Um, I just wanted to tell you guys about a few things we have going on before we continue with worship. First, in a couple weeks, we are turning 25. Wow, it is going to be an amazing weekend. We have things planned Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, and we would love to have you join us. If you've been around LCC for a while, we are asking for help as well. So hop on to mylcc.info to see how you can help out and show up. Um, we'd love to have you there. And then secondly, we um, really appreciate the way that you guys give around here, both your time and honestly, with financial giving, and we have a way to set that up in an easy, recurring way online if that's something you're interested in. Again, mylcc.info, you can find information there, which I realized this was a kind of weird thing to talk about because I see a number of new faces, and so please don't, like, we're so glad you're here. Don't feel like this is a welcome, now give us your money. Um, and then, what was the last thing? Oh, speaking of Monica, which, who I am not, she is leading intro to LCC after service, I believe, in the youth room, which is just right out these doors, where we're just going to share a little bit more about who we are, what we believe, get to know you. If you're newer around here and want to start getting connected, our connections director, Monica, is a great person to help you do that. So again, we are so glad to see you all, and we're going to jump back into worship. Buenos dias, iglesia, amigos, y un poco de mi familia que está aquí hoy. I want to say good morning, everyone, friends and family. I'm glad that you're here today with us. My name is Josh Rodriguez, and I'm on the teaching team here at Life Community Church. Actually, this spring, I joined the staff here, and I serve as the building coordinator. So, yes, I am the building guy. And you might be wondering, you might be asking yourself, well, if you're the building guy, that means you can fix everything, right? Absolutely not. But what I'm learning is that even if I could, there's so much to be done around here that it can't be done with just one person. It takes a team. And so I'm very thankful for you. We had a work day. A number of you joined at the previous work day. A number of you joined today. But I am... I want to say thanks because this church has been a blessing to me, even in just less than a year. And I hope that uh, I can be a blessing to you as well. So I like, to, uh, I like to learn a lot. I like to work and I like to serve together uh, with, with many people and seeing a lot of things uh, come together. So I'm just looking forward to, to meeting uh, many of you over the next couple of days and Speaking of getting to know and getting to meet new people, I actually have a question for you, and it's this. When you get to meet new people, what is it that you say? How is it that you introduce yourself? Okay? So there are a number of things that we could say 
We could talk about our job. We could talk about our family. We could talk about the things that we like to do, the things uh, that occupy our time. And, and let me just share a few more things so you get to know me even more. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you and I'm going to show you as well. Uh, before arriving here at Life Community Church, I served at an OSU church. And you'll see a couple of the pictures there on the bottom left and in the middle. This is one of the highlights uh, of our year, that the church would just all rally together and serve. Uh, the church located just blocks from the Ohio State campus. And we would serve during finals week to hundreds of students during one of the most challenging and difficult times of the year. And it was neat to see that all come together. So I began at that church as the college pastor, later became the associate pastor, and helped with the outreach, helped with the teaching, and with the preaching. So that's a little bit of, of where I've come before getting here to Life Community Church. You also notice at the top left and at the top right, uh, that pretty young thing that's sitting right next to me, that is my wife. Her name is Kelly, and we've been married for 18 years. And we're Buckeye fans, as you can see there. Do we have kids? No, no kids. Uh, but we do have a pet. So if you're thinking dog, cat, we're on the cat side. So I don't want to alienate half of you, but that's just where we're at. And you see him right there. That's our cat, and his name is Maximus. And he lives up to the name. He's a big guy. We live less than a mile from the church. We've lived in Hilliard for about 12 years. We like playing some tennis. We like being outside. We like being at home, and we are introverts. And I've heard that makes us right at home at this church. There's a lot of introverts here as well. I also work part-time at UPS, night shift for all of 21 years. Yes, I said 21 years there, night shift. And I work in the training there. I teach the newest employees before we put them into the trucks. And so, yes, if you know someone that needs a job, by all means, we're always hiring. So you can talk to me about that as well. But you notice that's a little more about me. But what you've noticed when you do talk to somebody, sometimes we give the highlights. We give some of the things that are, like are on the surface and some of the things that are more comfortable. But what I didn't tell you is I didn't tell you everything about my life. And my guess is that's similar to how you might feel when you meet somebody now. Because when you really get to know someone, it goes beyond the surface and it starts to go a little bit deeper. That you start to hear the good as well as maybe some of the bad and the struggles and the difficulties. And I'm guessing like me that you might have moments that are hard to share. And maybe even moments that you may not share at all. Moments that are difficult, moments that are painful, moments that you'd, you'd just rather forget. And maybe if you could, you'd like to just push them back, or maybe if you had another chance, you'd like to do them one more time, and you would hope this time you do it differently. And even if it was another time, you're like, I said I'd do it differently this time, and I still didn't. I'd like to try it again. So maybe you could connect with some of those moments too. And if your story were all wrapped up and recorded somewhere that you might begin here and talk about this part, 
and then you're going to skip over and get to this part and then jump over here and then you'd remember one spot here and you'd actually like to take that part and just kind of get rid of it if you could. And then there's another one. Yeah, that one too. And so I want to ask you today, what, what do we do with those moments? How are you handling those? Would you rather just tuck them away? Would you rather just delete them? Or is there a way that you're trying to and it's not really working, but you keep trying to cope with it that certain way, right? What do you do with those moments when we're not at our best or maybe even those moments when we're at our worst? But more importantly, what does Jesus say about those? And what does he do with those moments? And if you're wondering that, I'm glad you're, you're there. Because this summer, we did this series, and it's called Jesus And. Where rather than taking all the areas of our life and adding Jesus, Jesus and that, what would it look like if we put Jesus at the center of, if we put him first of every area of our life? And there are few things that are more painful or difficult than betrayal. And so that's the topic for today, Jesus and betrayal. And so we're going to look at just for a few moments about what Jesus says. What is it that Jesus does with those moments when we've been hurt or maybe we've been the ones who have hurt others? Okay, so that's what we're going to look at. So if you have a Bible, you can grab it or on your phone. We have the words up here and we're in Matthew chapter 26. So this is what it says in Matthew 26. You can follow along with words on the screen. Verse 14 of Matthew chapter 26. Then one of the 12, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? And so they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. And from then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Now, you've probably heard or been familiar with this text, even if you've not read it before, because Judas comes very quickly to our minds when we think of betrayal and maybe the greatest or top examples of betrayal. Judas being one of the 12, spending a lot of time with Jesus, walk with him and with one of the, with the most amazing journeys in the history of mankind, and that he was looking for a way to hand over Jesus to his enemies. And Judas, his name would go down into history. So much so that there are probably very few people who now name their children Judas, right? I doubt, do we have any Judases in the room? No? Probably not. And if you name your, your child Judas, well then probably everybody's keeping a close eye on him, right? But yet Judas is not the only one who would fall. If we read on in verse 31, it says this, then Jesus told them, this very night you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. And Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of me, I never will. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night, 
before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples, they said the same. Now, now sometimes when you hear a text like this, there, there are certain words that we need to zoom in. There's things we need to look at a little closer for clarity. And so we're going to look at one of those particular words. And we've used this word in some of our songs in the past few weeks and you'll see it up on the screen, this particular word. And I know this word, it might look to you like somebody put to do, or your to-do list, and they squeeze those words together. It's not to do. And the word is not either, it's not todo, but it's this Spanish word. And when you see the D, you want to think of kind of softening that D. So it's more of a TH sound. So that word is todo. Todo. Not to do, todo. And we're going to try this all together, right? Okay, let's do this. Let's say it together. Ready? Todo. One more time. Todo. Okay, it sounds good. And what does this word mean? It means all. It means everything. Todo. Now, how can this word, which means all and everything, that seems pretty basic and simple, yet how can it get lost in translation for somebody like Peter? Well, Imagine that I'm Jesus for a second. You're like, whoa, this guy's really taking things pretty far. No, but imagine Jesus is saying this, and Jesus would say these words to Peter and the disciples, you will all fall away, todo. Yet what does Peter hear? Peter hears something different. Even if all, todo, pointing to somebody else. Even if all fall away, I never will. Because Peter cannot believe that he would betray, that he would deny Jesus. I never will. And yet Jesus would say, funny thing you say that. For not only do I know that you will fall, I can tell you when you will fall. Before the rooster crows, you're going to disown me three times. And rather than believe that Jesus would be right, because Jesus has always been right, Jesus has never been wrong, and Peter thought today's going to be the first time that he's going to be wrong, and Peter even takes it up a notch. He says, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same thing. Now, Peter had the best intentions. He said he would even die for Jesus, but his actions would fall short as well as the other disciples. And you need to know this, a little takeaway for us. Jesus actually knows you better than you realize. He knows all things, todo. He knows all things. He knows what you are doing. He knows what you have done, and this will really blow your mind, and he knows what you will do, todo. Well, if you read on, you see these verses in, in verse 47 that Judas, one of the 12, would arrive with a large crowd with him. And the verses would say that the betrayer had arranged a signal and he would, he would betray Jesus with a kiss. Going up to Jesus with that kiss, he would say greetings. And Jesus would say in verse 50, do what you came for, friend. Wow. Wow. Someone that close yet betrayed. And 
The chapter would end just as Jesus had predicted. Peter and a few others would try to follow from a safe distance. But Peter would be seen by others, and he would be accused of being tied in and associated with Jesus. And when called out on it, he would deny that he even knew him once. And then again, and then again, three times he denied him. And it says that on that third time, and I think Luke records this, that immediately that Jesus turned and looked at Peter and their eyes met and Peter recognized what he vowed never to do. He went there and he wept bitterly. Jesus, the Messiah, is put to death. He's abandoned by his friends at his greatest time of need and for all their boasts, they deserted him. And yet, what would Jesus do? What had Jesus done in the upper room when they gathered together? The task for the, the lowliest slave would be to wash the feet of those that had gathered there. And everyone had gathered, and they actually were arguing about who is the greatest. With Jesus in the room, they were arguing about who is the greatest. And while they're arguing... No one has bothered to wash the feet. And so Jesus grabs a towel, stoops down, and serves them, all of them, even Judas, even Peter. And yet Jesus would look ahead because later after his death and even after his resurrection, his disciples began to hear the news, news greater than they could have ever imagined that the tomb was empty and that women have, had claimed to have seen Jesus and then Jesus would even extend this kind of grace to someone like Peter. You'll see this in, in, in the next verse. This is in, in Mark chapter 16. Probably see this and hear this text during Easter. He has risen, he is not here. But verse seven says this, but go and tell his disciples and did you see who's included in here? And who? Help me out, church. What's it say? And Peter. I wonder if that's a verse we need to underline in our Bibles and highlight. And, and when you see it says, and Peter, maybe you need to think to yourself and put your name right there. Because you would be amazed that this good news would even go to you on what you are doing. On what you've done. But Jesus would look ahead and said, but no, go and tell and even tell Peter. And this is found in Luke. This, I love this passage. Simon, Simon, Simon Peter, Satan has asked to sift you all as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Did you see that? After you have failed... And after you've turned back, after you've gotten back on your feet, now there's still something for you to do. Go and strengthen your brothers. So maybe we need to keep in mind that Jesus' plan, maybe you might not understand all the details of his plan, but Jesus' plan is so much better than you would realize. It may not make sense in the moment, 
It might not even make sense this month or this year why things went this direction or that direction. But yet Jesus' plan is so much better than what we realize. He knew that he would go to a cross and he knew that his guys needed his grace and he knew that we would need his grace even before we would think to ask for it. And that he even knows the plan beyond your most difficult or maybe painful experience of what could happen even after that, when you can't even imagine what it's like to get back up from that moment. And that there's grace when we need to be forgiven. And that there's even grace that might seem hard to extend when we need to forgive others. And here's part of the problem is Maybe we just don't know this. Maybe we've not heard this. Or maybe this is the other problem, is even when we've heard this, that we struggle to really believe it. Maybe for somebody else, but we struggle to believe it for us. That it's you that can't be forgiven for what you've done. Or when somebody else has really hurt you, you would say, I could never forgive them for what they have done. And when somebody talks to you about that, you're like, but you don't know the pain. You don't know the hurt. I can't even imagine to forgive them or to be forgiven. And there's, uh, in Luke, perhaps you've heard of the account of, of the prodigal son, where this, this son, he, he took the inheritance, wanted the inheritance early. His dad was still alive and asked, I want my inheritance now. And he took that and he squandered it and he lost it. And when he came back, he had this thought in his mind, maybe my dad would welcome me back. Not as his son, because I don't think he could forgive me for what I've done. But maybe I could just be a servant. Because even the servants of my dad live so much better than, than how I'm living right now because I don't know if dad could ever forgive me. And he comes home with this expectation and plan, his own plan, to be a servant for the rest of his life for his dad. And what he finds is some amazing grace that comes his way, where his dad runs to him, where, his, where instead of the shame, there was a great celebration because the dad would say, my son was dead and now he's alive. My son, he was lost, but now he's found. Psalm 103 gives us a little taste of this. Psalm 103 says this. This is in verse 10. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, he has removed our transgressions from us. And in 1 John, it says this, so if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's amazing grace. And we don't live this out and we don't share this perfectly because there are moments when we are hurt and we hesitate to forgive. Or when we forgive, we kind of 
forgive, but we keep that right, right in our back pocket just for that moment to remind somebody of like, but remember when you, because we don't completely put that behind us. And maybe there are things that happen to us and we say, you know what? I will never trust again, or I will never do that again. And perhaps those are things that should be temporary that we make permanent. And things that need to be permanent that perhaps we need to make more temporary. But honestly, there's all kinds of pain and hurt. And I wonder, and actually, I know this from getting to know a number of you already. There are people right in this room that are struggling to bounce back from some of the things that you have experienced. A number of things that I have not enough idea of the details, but I do know there is hurt here. That you have hurt or have been hurt. And I've been hearing more about that, not only here in this church, in my family, where I work, where there are people that are struggling to bounce back. And if I could kind of peel back a little and, and be a little more vulnerable myself, 2020 was actually not, 2020 was quite the year, right? <laughs> I mean, everybody was kind of shaken up with 2020 and very much so. There was a lot that changed, but it, it wasn't the hardest year of my life. And, and I speak of this with two introverts in my house, myself and my wife. And so 2020, when everything was shut down and locked down and they said, you can't leave your home and you can work from home as an introvert, I was like, awesome, this is my time to shine. This is great. I'm recharged. We're, we're spending time. And I think it was, I think, our best year relationally. I think it was one of my best years spiritually. It wasn't 2020 for me. It was 2022. That was my year that knocked me off my feet. At the start of this year, I was sick. Uh, a couple weeks, well, it, earlier in the spring, I was down for a few weeks with, with a hernia surgery. And then I saw the health of my dad fade and fade and fade to where this is the first Easter without my dad. Last night... I had looked over my notes and was looking at some stuff, and I thought, well, I'm going to lay down and kind of close my eyes and rest for a little bit. And so we went upstairs, and I laid down. Kelly asked, and she said, are you ready? You ready for tonight? And I had my iPad with me, and I started typing. I started tapping on here, and I wrote this. I didn't say this. I wrote... I'm really excited, but I'm really sad. Because this is the first time I'm preaching without dad. And we laid there, 
I got misty, like I'm getting misty now. And she just kind of put her hand on me, kind of cried myself to sleep. Now I would say I'm still trying to bounce back myself in this year. Now, I'm not the only one that needed to bounce back because the disciples were struggling. Peter was struggling. And you need to read for yourself John chapter 21. Because even after they had seen Jesus, Jesus invites them to, they go out fishing. Actually, Peter says, I want to go out fishing. And the other disciples said, hey, we're right with you. Maybe Peter just wanted some time by himself. They didn't catch anything. And Jesus says, throw your, throw your nets on the other side. And they had this amazing catch. And then Jesus had this one-on-one time with Peter. He said, Simon Peter, do you, do you love me? And he said, you know I love you. Well, then feed my lambs. And he asked them again, do you love me? Do you love me? He asked them three times. Kind of similar that he asked them three times, do you love me? When Peter had denied him three times. If you go to the next slide after he says, you know, do you love me? Then then feed my sheep, take care of my lambs. And then uh, the the very next slide there uh, says these words um, in John 21. He says there, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted and where you were old, you would stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you to where you do not want to go. And then he said this, follow me. Peter, remember when we first started this relationship, I said, follow me. And you witnessed and you did all these things and you even fell right on your face. And yet even now, I'm still asking you the same thing, follow me. It hasn't changed. You might think you can't be forgiven. You might not think that you can bounce back. But the same thing that I promised you then is the same thing I'm going to promise and equip you with to do even now. Follow me and follow me. And that's what we need to remember is that Jesus gives us so much more grace than what we deserve. So much more. Now, I bet you Peter wasn't really ready to bounce back like he was here in John 21. He wasn't really that quick to go. He was still wrestling with a lot, maybe perhaps like you're wrestling with a lot. But I like this. Here's what Peter would say later. This is in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. And he says this, And the God... Of all grace. Ayúdame, church. Ayúdame, iglesia. Does he say, el Dios de un poco gracia? The God of a little grace? No, he doesn't say that. Does he say the God of a limited grace? No, he doesn't say that. But el Dios de todo gracia. The God of all grace. And that's what Peter would say, that the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, he will himself 
restore you, make you firm, strong, and steadfast. Church, that's what we need is God's grace, his amazing grace. One of the members of our teaching team said this, God's grace takes even the heaviest things and he takes that weight away. He carries that for us. Grace when we're at our worst. Grace even for the difficult times when it's hard to give or even receive forgiveness. And that's what we've been looking at this summer. Jesus at the center of everything, even our hurts, even our most difficult times. So I'm going to ask Brett and, and the team to come down. And I want to encourage you in this way. Maybe you've been hurt. And maybe you're still at that distance where you want, to, you want to keep it safe. And maybe you just need to hear more. So I want to be the first one to invite you back to hear more. And if that's just where you need to come on a Sunday and hear more, by all means, do that. And so for some of you, you've been here for a while. And what you need to do is you need to take a step closer into a, little, in a smaller group, into the groups that we have here where you can be surrounded by people who would encourage and pray for you, and do all that they can. And if I could give you a heads up as well, that you're going to find that this is not a perfect church. Can I get an amen on that one? <laughs> yeah. And if you think this is a perfect church, when you show up, you just messed it up for us anyway, right? <laughs> just like I mess it up for us. I'm not a perfect guy. But I'm following after somebody who is. And so, maybe you need to take a step closer. And maybe you need to have your eyes open because there are hurting people all around us. And you might be surprised when you put that invitation out there to someone, can I pray for you? And they might say, Actually, you can. And maybe press a little farther. How can I pray for you? And then do that. Find ways to encourage them and support them. This church, God has placed us in the midst and surrounded by hurting people. The moments when we are going to need to bounce back and when we need to help others bounce back. So we need to have our eyes open to who we can strengthen and lift up, and that God's grace for the moments when we need to be lifted up and encouraged. So remember those things? What are you gonna do with these? What have you tried to do with these? More importantly, what can Jesus do with these? He would even take these. He would take them, the author and perfecter of our faith, and he would take what you have and, and put his power and his grace on there. And <laughs> say, don't just, I can use that. And this, I can work through you, in you and through you. Even in those moments, let me heal. Let me help you offer forgiveness. Let me help you receive forgiveness. El Dios de todo gracia. 
the God of all grace. He knows you better than you realize. He has a plan for you. And he's provided so much more grace. More grace than we deserve. That's amazing grace. Let me pray. God, el Dios de todo, gracias. God of all grace and amazing grace, you know us better than we know ourselves. We thank you for your love and your grace that you shower on us. For even the difficult moments, the pains, when we have hurt others, when we've been hurt. That in you and through you, you not only can get us through those moments back up on our feet, but that you have plans for us even beyond that. Help us to do that as best as we can, not because we are perfect, but because you are. Thank you for what you have done. We thank you for what you are doing. And we thank you for what you will do in us. And for all this, we say thanks. El Dios de todo, gracia. Amen. Amen and amen to that. Um, so good to be with you all today. Thank you, Josh, for sharing the word and um, several things that are still in processing. But one word I heard a lot was grace. It's one of our core values here that we're a grace-focused church. Um, if you want to join me afterwards, we are going to be meeting in the youth room. If you're relatively new around LCC or you go, hey, what do you guys believe? What do you value around here? We're going to take 15 minutes and talk about some of those values and why we do what we do. So feel free to join me there. Otherwise, just enjoy hanging out, saying hello to someone near you. And those of you online, glad you could be with us today and just have a wonderful day. <laughs>